Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, like we said on the past episode, tennis is now well and truly back. ATP Cincinnati, WTA Cincinnati. We got the Prague Challenger. We got Toddy Challenger. And we're going to be taking you through all of the draws and all of our selections. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kuda. I'm Evgeny Donskoy. I'm Henry Larson. I'm Peter Torepko. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to the Game to Love podcast. What do you think that new intro there to the Game to Love podcast? <laughs> We're uh, moving up in the world. Just, uh, Mate, it's, it's looking good now. We've got a new logo. Yeah. Obviously got the new intro. Yeah. And it just shows, man, well done. I love it. We're doing well. The podcast is growing. Thanks for all the fans. Keep subscribing as well. Special That's mention it. to them, of course, because without them, we'd be nothing. Exactly. We'd have a flashy logo and intro with no, no one to watch <laughs> any yet. Exactly. But, um, because, no, yeah. I've really enjoyed the journey, mate. We're doing well. And um, I feel like it's perfect time as well because tennis is actually back. I know the other episode we were saying tennis is back with a few WTA tournaments. But now it's the we're talking about the big tournaments. You've got Cincinnati, an ATP 1000 Masters tournament. Yep. And um, there's a lot of big players out on show. It's good, brilliant preparation for the US Open. And uh, as we're filming this right now, we've already seen the first, first round. So we've waited to the evening to do this yep. podcast because we wanted to talk about some of the first round matches and, and yeah, yeah there's a lot to discuss so <laughs> there is a hell of a lot to discuss just uh where do we get stuck in is the main thing it's like where to start on so much exciting action that we've had i mean we should probably start from the top i think i mean did you want to uh should we take a look at the draw in the men's and then we can sort of go through some of those results and then how it's impacted the draw. Yeah. Well, if we do that, let's start with the qualifiers quickly. Yeah. Let's do let's... a quick little touch on the qualifiers because obviously we had them the two days in, two days prior. Oh, yeah. So to qualify, you had to win two games. Um, they, were, they were great and there were some great were matchups some really, there. Yeah, some really good players on show. So obviously we had both of our guys who we, was, we were saying it would be really exciting to see them in the tournament. You 
heavily tipped um, Brandon Nakashima, uh, and no. I was more siding with the JJ Wolf. <laughs> no, no, hate bring to bring that. it up early on, but I remember we had a discussion on the last podcast. You saying that Brandon has got more potential. I feel like he's the better player. Billy got screwed, mate. Only he one got... of them's got through, and that's JJ Wolf. I know, but look who they got put up against. He got put up against like fan favorite from the podcast, Martin Fuchsko. Fuchskovich, who, as we know, he's taken sets off Federer in his in well past Grand Slam. So not even that long ago, literally you know, no schmuck on the hard courts, is he? So I was still thinking maybe, and Brandon was favourite going into that, which was crazy considering yeah, someone who's done so well at uh, Australian Open recently. But like you, you called it. You said, yeah, Martin, no chance that Brandon's beating him in straight sets. Martin flew through, but yeah. JJ Wolf. Wow. Played uh, Juris- Igor Jurisimov and well, made light work of him. 6-3, 6-1 against Jurisimov, yeah. who's Ridiculous. an incredible player. Jurisimov top 70 in the world, and he's an yeah. incredible player, like a younger player coming through. And he's like a massive talent in the game. Yeah, for sure. Um, so to be beating him as comfortably as what he did, I think it's remarkable. And it just shows the future this guy has in the game. And I love watching JJ Wolf, And it's yeah. going to be interesting now to see how he fares in the tournament because he's going to be playing some big players. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, well, you saw in, after that first round uh, of qualifying, he then came up, uh, JJ Wolf was up against uh, Jaume Munar, who's yeah. another young player from Spain who's really yeah. a decent player. Took him to, well, he lost the first set and then he ended up coming back to win in three, which is really impressive to show that resolve as well. So, yeah, I'm very impressed by JJ Wolf so far. Yeah. And then the other mention, really, for the qualifiers, obviously, there's oh, quite a few of them, but just, yeah. we'll just highlight a few of them is Rusevore. Wow, mate. We were hoping for big things from him from last year, weren't we? But, uh, yeah, you just seen, he plays Chardy in the first round of the qualifier and he's, no, he's beat beat Medvedev last year, so this is yeah. the top, top hardcore player, and he bagels him in the first set. I mean, literally incredible. This this kid, I think, he's only 21. He's going to go far. Just hoping he gets a good draw, and you, we just get to see the best of him, because we know he's beaten Dominic team last year as well. I just think the sky's the limit for this kid, and I just can't wait to see him come up against some real high class opposition in hopefully this tournament well we can see right so we've got the draw up we've probably good good chance to lead us onto the draw exactly yeah. i didn't actually check exactly who rusevori or jj wolf's playing in the first round well let but me while uh, you do that i'll just literally just talk a bit about them too and we've been they've been on our radar for a while they're incredible players and uh i'm just glad they was able to just do that final that, that final qualified to get through and actually prove themselves in a big court tournament Australian Open, they both went through the first qualifying round and struggled at the, at the final hurdle um, in games where they were both favourites to win it as well. And they just kind of, yeah. that pressure sort of got on top of them. But here, it seems like it must, I feel like it, for these type of players, it will help not having crowds because yeah, they're able sure. to, they're used to that sort of environment. They're not some a player who requires, who needs like a, the, a big crowd to sort of get them going because they've got that raw ability and they're used to playing in certain like situations without any any fans. So it could be a really good opportunity to see players like this thrive and see how far they get in the draw. I'm not saying they're going to win it, but even if they can get through one of, one or two rounds, it'd be amazing. It'd be brilliant. Yeah. Not just for their like uh for their career in terms of like financial uh, element, 
but just for their own personal growth as well. Oh, most definitely. I mean, it's all just dependent on who you're playing as well. Like if you get a favorable draw in these competitions, uh, looking up and down here, but there's been quite a lot of qualifiers paired with qualifiers in the first round as well. And if you're one of those people, which luckily for Rusevori, he is one of those people and he will be playing another qualifier in the first round, which is uh Corder from the U S Okay, which <laughs> can sort of take us on to a, another topic that we wanted to bring up, which was who Corder beat in his last qualifying match, which was a yeah. uh, Jill Simon. And what happened in this match? It was just Jill Simon's been playing so well. And well, when once... we first started these podcasts, we used to do end of the week. And yeah. I thought I was to bring it back just for this one <laughs> and give it to Jill Simon. What happened? That is a disgrace, man. That's a disgrace. Six... Apparently, he's not played tennis and it's world all this pandemic and all this yeah. time off, but. He's a t- he's a good player. He's a really good player, and he should be doing something not quite right. I didn't actually watch the match, so I'm not sure what happened. If it was a case of he just gave up, no, but idea. it did seem like that in terms of like what was it? Was it the second set? He yeah, well, he won the first set six three, and then the second set he just fell apart. Six love. So we get and it was almost a golden set as well in terms of like I think he only won maybe three points, three or four points. Which is just you don't you rarely see that at the at that yeah. level, especially um, for someone like Jules Simon. He was I think he was a clear favourite to win that match. I think he um, won in that second set. He took. I'm just looking at it here. Three point four points. That's whole just ridiculous. Set. You don't ever see. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's just bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> it's terrible. And in the final set as well, he lost six one, and. See how many points he won there as well. He got one, two, three, four, five. Seems like he down tools, didn't he? He won five, five up until he won a yeah up until he won a game. He only won five points in that, and then won one game, and then he lost the yeah lost the final game. So just yeah. terrible. Just what happened there? Just, just capitulation. I don't know. He must have been up for it at the beginning. They won the first set, and then from there maybe things just I don't know. Fitness. Just bizarre. I'm not even sure if it's an injury because I've not seen anything when I was looking on. on He's been playing so well. And seeing what other people were saying. It wasn't like an injury uh, what set him back. He just seemed to. Maybe we shouldn't take know. too much away from Corder, uh, though. Maybe he exactly. just suddenly upped his level and started playing his best tennis and he was unplayable. Well, it's going to be a brilliant game then, isn't it? If, if he is playing uh, well, yeah. his, his great tennis against Rusevore. I personally do fancy Rusevore. I reckon yeah. he will be the favourite for the tie. Oh, for but, sure. Well, I don't know. It could be quite, it could be quite tight. Corder's uh, a, a, a brilliant player. Uh, a bit more experienced than Rusevori as well. Yeah, they're sort of in the middle of the draw. These two, they're uh, slap bang in the middle. So I think you're you're looking at whoever wins that is going to go through and face Berrettini in the next round. Which uh, that's not going to be any easy match for either of them. Uh, he's obviously just sat there waiting. They got a buy through from the first round, the same as I believe it is Dominic Team, yeah, Sasha Zverev. We've had uh, Titipas as well with a buy through. Batista Agut, uh, Djokovic, yes, Medvedev, and Goffin, I believe as well. Yeah, so that was the last one out of the eight. But yeah. If we uh, have move away from there and then take a what look at JJ some... Wolf, did you have JJ Wolf? JJ Wolf, uh, let me just have a quick look at that. JJ Wolf, uh, oh, 
up against Richard Gasquet. That would be a very interesting match. Uh, That's probably one that's gone under the radar a little bit. I probably haven't heard many people speaking about that one. And Gasquet, as we know, in the uh, UTS and stuff, he was playing really good stuff. Yeah, he was playing some good tennis. Yeah, and his backhand was firing in that. So yeah, I think careful. it's going to be a big ask for JJ Wolf, but you never know. We've seen strange things in tennis, and um, changing the guard. Like anything could be, anything's possible, really. But um, it's like with Rusevora; he's actually he's beat team before, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. So anything's yeah. possible. I think well, in this time where everybody's just coming back, I think we're going to see some shocks, and why not? Mm. Like you never know, and. I wouldn't even put it past if Rusevora is to get past Corda. Wouldn't put it past him. He could get past Berrettini as well. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna throw that out there. I think it's possible. Yeah. Another tie in this. First, well, let's cover some more of the results before we look at what yeah. the possible next rounds are going to be. Obviously, we've got our our countryman. Well, British <laughs> at the moment because he yeah. won. Andy Murray makes his way through the first round. Uh, took out Francis TFO. It was a little bit shaky, um, but to be expected. Both a bit rusty, didn't they, to be fair? I think so. Yeah, I wasn't that impressed. The first two sets, I wasn't really blown away by either player, to be honest. It looked like they were both just getting their serves in, both hitting a few unforced errors. There wasn't many winners. And yeah, it was just a bit of a nothing sort of match, really. It was just decided by a few unforced errors each time. I thought both of their first serves were actually not too bad. Yeah. It was quite consistent first serves. But aside from that, the level of tennis after that was just a bit bit weak, to be fair. I thought TFI was, was quite good when he came to the net. Uh, yeah, Murray, I think he was, yeah. defensive self was obviously pretty powerful. I thought his forehand was actually um, quite impressive. And it was good to yeah. see that he was moving around quite well as well. Like I was worried about his like his hip and stuff, see how he's moving. But no, it's a it's a most amazing achievement, man, for someone who we thought would we wasn't sure if we'd ever going to yeah. see him back on a tennis court to be doing what he's doing. It's brilliant. But but I still thought it's it, well, it's quite interesting to see as well when he was playing. He still gets distracted. And he still doesn't have that mental side. And you saw in that second set, that exact same thing. If there's some, some, I don't know what was going on in that crowd. There was barely, there was, there was no one there. There's about five or six people there. And out of the five or six people, once he's had a first serve, someone's walking up and down in the stands. What are they doing? Like, sit still. And especially to the side where he's serving as well. And then, surprisingly, it got in his head. He had to wait for him to sit down. And then I've seen possibly the worst serve I've seen in maybe like from any professional tennis player in God knows how long. He hit it in the bottom of the net. And it was well, he hit six, the floor before. He, said, I think he hit the floor before the net. 60, 64 miles an hour for a serve from Andy Murray. I think I've he never, just framed it, to be fair. I, but on that, on that issue of like people walking around, I don't know. Like My opinion on it is a bit like, they're professional athletes. Kind of just get over it. Uh, it should it should be enforced that people should not be doing that. Uh, I understand I've... the umpire needs to have control of the... Yeah, of the yeah, for sure. I, I don't like that. I think it's disrespectful for people to do it. If occasionally you get the odd person just go in your, in your, in your line of sight, get over it. Just get no, over it. Like, I hate some... these players who whinge about it. And the, you only notice the people who whinge is when they lose. If it's if fine margins... If like that, it doesn't happen. No, come on, Ben. It's a bit silly, isn't it? It's like... Get yeah, over it. It's all about concentration at the highest level. And if you have the same thing in golf, 
all the people when you're playing golf, everyone has to be silent. There's not going to be any movement and they have to be solely focused on their, how they're hitting that ball. Yeah, similar I in tennis. That. I understand that. And I'm not saying it's, I think people should respect that and they should be in their seats. They shouldn't be getting distracting players in any way, shape or, shape or form. And that sort of, not, that's not just like standing in their, in their line of sight or moving or so a, lot, a lot of the time it's shouting, like people shouting out at the wrong time. It's unforgivable now because all that's there is people who are involved with tennis players. So they should be the most respectful out of everyone. Why are the people moving around in in the stands now yeah but i watched it as well. it wasn't that bad it was just literally it was just like a little a little I mean, bit of mo- it wasn't like a big it, like it, it wasn't made it a little, noise or anything like it that. wasn't a little bit of movement he went up the steps and then he was like what the hell are you doing and then he was like they told him and he had to come run down the steps and sit in his seat again he's like what what is going on i expect this in twenty thousand people here with six people in the stand why can one person can't sit still for two seconds I think players should just go over it a little yeah, well, bit. They need, they need to stop throwing their toys out of their prams, little well, things like that. Come someone on, like Murray a lot of people. Yeah, well, it's silly to... I don't... Well, anyway. It needs to, it needs to sort of... Well done, to, well done to him anyway. He got through it. Six, was it 6-1 in that final set? So he just took over. So well done to him. And now he has the pleasure of taking on Zverev in the next round. So that is... Well, everyone's licking their lips at that fixture i think that's probably going to be one of the top matches in that uh next round probably the one that people are going to choose. especially zverev he's been a bit like flaky since coming back as well all those mm-hmm. double faults all that type of thing when he was playing in adria tour i believe yeah so yeah, b- before we get on to that i just want to quickly have yeah. a quick mention on francis tfo yeah yeah go on then. about him as well <laughs> yeah and i like him he's a good player he's done brilliant to get where he is He's obviously a top American. He's young as well. I think he's only 23 years old. So he's got yeah. bags of potential. But for me, I find him a bit frustrating. I don't think he really... There's some, there's, a, there's a lot missing from his game. And I think he's just lacking in a lot of big matches. He always he can win maybe one or two, but he's not really a tournament player. He rarely has a good run in, run in a tournament. And I feel like there's a lot of hungrier, younger players coming through. Like some of the ones we've mentioned, and not even just them, like even more established ones, like the Rublev, Berrettini. Oh, yeah. Them definitely. sort of players there. Sinner, Alex Dimonor, Shapovalov, them sort of players on the outskirts, obviously, are good. I can go on forever. Yeah. These players, I think they beat him nine times out of ten. Yeah. And he's just that guy who's just not quite the level, but he's too good for the challengers, and he's sort of in no man's land. Well, yeah, I don't actually bit. see him really winning an ATP tournament. I think you have of many, to... Of many levels. I don't either. But I think he's one of those players that you might see if he's going to suddenly make the level. It might be in like a four years' time or something. He might have to really just do the journeyman. He might mm. be will have to be one of these people that suddenly like their game goes to the next level at another time in their career because... Like maybe like a Stan Wawrinka or something like that. Well, that was more with Grand Slams and stuff. He was always more prolific on ATP, but... Yeah, but no, don't, no, don't ever compare him to Stan. Stan's a, <laughs> mate, he's a, he's a legend. He's a brilliant player. He's a yeah. champion. Yeah, this yeah, guy's for sure. not, He's not, he's not. He's, uh, I don't want to be too harsh on him. I just yeah, but he's young, he's mate. He's like 22. So you've got to like, these players sometimes don't, they don't, look at, well, I know it's not a great, um, comparison, but how old's Dominic Team at the moment? He's what, yeah, 26, when he, when he 27? Young, he was still smashing it. 
Was he still winning that? He was still better. He was still better than yeah. He was still better than TFI. We're only TFI seeing his just. We're seeing his best now, though, at like the ages of twenty six, twenty seven. When you might see the best with TFI, he might suddenly start picking a few yeah, t- ATP events at twenty six, twenty seven. But you don't know. Maybe he doesn't have the right coach at the moment. Yeah, no, Maybe. I don't want to. I don't want to write him off for the future. I'm not, I, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying right now he's yeah. someone who doesn't really fill me with much enthusiasm in terms. Of, I just don't think he's that great. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. I think a few people, quite a few people, agreed with me on Twitter. To be fair, so it probably is a general cons- uh, opinion. I'm not just being like very out there. He's not really the type of person who really, uh, I don't know, blows your socks off or wants to gets you wanting to like view tennis that much. So and he's not no. one of those names that jumps off the page and makes you think, "Wow, this guy's playing. I'm going to tune in," which is a, a bit of a shame. But maybe he can change it. But, I did find him, he's quite exciting at the net and stuff like that, and his volume's pretty pretty impressive. But he's a great know, player, like, but it's okay. He's, it's just average, man. It's very average. And Murray was not playing very well, but I think he just basically handed that first set. He just handed it on a plate to Murray, and then third set, uh, he couldn't. Oh, really Murray was just—it was—he uh, was just doing what Murray does best in the third set, and to like uh, TFO just beat himself a little bit in the third. Yeah, he just getting then, frustrated. On to what you were saying earlier, the Sverev match. That'll be Andy Murray's next opponent. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, like you were saying, I do think Sverev will come out on top because Andy Murray didn't really fill me with much. I would, I'm hoping Andy Murray can win, but... It's the age as well, don't forget. Yeah, and Sverev is, is, a, is a top quality player. So you'd expect Sverev to be able to, to beat him in three sets. Yeah, he's a bigger but player, he's taller and younger and... Yeah, he just has a lot of attributes on his side uh, that would you would think would take him past me. But never rule out Andy Murray. Never write him off, man. Never because we've, we've, done, we've tried doing it a few times and see what happened at Antwerp. He beat Stan Wawrinka in the final. Exactly, and mate. he had a brilliant tournament and he's, he won after his surgery. So, mate, this guy can do anything. At the end of the day, he was one of the top players in the world. And you don't just lose that overnight. You it's watch- all in his head still. He's still got that there. And he still knows what he wants to shoot. Maybe he's not hitting it as well as what he could. Well, obviously he's not. But he can still do enough, I feel, to beat players. So exactly. let's wish him well and get behind him. Because really, he's the only Brit on my <laughs> type at the moment. Yeah, move on to uh, the other Brit that we've had. Uh, well, we had Carl Edmund playing against Kevin Anderson there. And uh, yeah. what happened there? Uh, Edmund not, wasn't a great performance from what I could see I mean he's sort of after that first set tie break I think if he'd have just nicked that he might have been able to have sealed it in two but mm. I don't know there's just always this uh, element in Edmund's game where I just feel that he doesn't quite bring it enough he just like I don't know he falls off a little bit I don't know I just, a little points, bit one dimensional oh yeah a little points bit is too passive he hits it. He hits it hard when there's no pressure on. But then when there's pressure on, he's a bit too passive. And with a player like Kevin Anderson, he's very powerful. You can't afford Big to server. do that because if you're too close inside the baseline, he's going to just dispatch it. And uh, it brings back to another point what we made on the other podcast. Yeah. And I was saying that I feel like big servers could come out on top on this tournament. Yeah. Uh, it's my theory the fact that people haven't been playing much. A big serve, you don't really lose it. It's their big attribute. And players are going to struggle, I feel, with them type of players. So we've seen already Riley Apelka's gone through. Another Kevin Anderson's out. gone through. Another two big servers against two Brits. What was our luck like, eh? <laughs> Riley yeah. Apelka. 
But and then another one we want to talk about is Struff. He's yeah. He's a big hitting player. He's got a big serve as well. But that was got... one of the ones I wanted. We didn't get a chance to do the podcast. I wanted mm. to try and that was one I was going to throw in there as an upset just because I, he's been playing really well. And I think he took a set off Djokovic, if I'm not mistaken, in the uh, Australian Open. Yeah, yeah, he And he's just a really decent player that doesn't really get the uh, credit he deserves. I think he's just like, he's just not a very consistent player. He's one of them yeah. players like, uh, I forget who on the women's tour who's exactly like that. You know what I mean. Who's the lady on the women's tour who just literally hits, tries to hit every shot as a winner? Oh, Ostapenko. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. He's got that kind of vibe. Like, yeah. He's a bit reckless with his shots in terms of like, don't get me wrong, he hits, win- he hits a lot of winners and he's a big, powerful player. Yeah. And his serving's pretty powerful too. So that's what I was saying. It brings back to another point, another big server kind of thing going through. Obviously, it's not as big as like the likes of Apelka and uh, no. Anderson. But you've also got Felix. Felix went through. I hate to yeah. skip through them all, but like, just, I just wanted to just go. Like My theory, I feel like you're going to see a lot of these big servers do well in this tournament. And it wouldn't surprise me if one of them were to, to clinch the title. In yeah, Cincinnati. it's possible. And that uh, Felix, well, I thought he would probably do well in this. He didn't feel me with confidence at the beginning of this match, though, mm. against Bastias Philly. He started, he hit three double faults in uh, one game. <laughs> that was his, like... Felix? Yeah, <laughs> which is oh, crazy. Yeah, so this is correct. Like, that's how rusty a few players are, and especially if you've got a big serve. You don't want mm. it to be misfiring like that, but he turned around a 2-0 deficit, and then I think he came out on top. He won the first set. Yeah. It was 6-4. And then the second set, yeah, he was firing and, yeah, took over. And you could tell the power was obviously there. Bastios Phillies had a lot of uh, stuff going on off the court as well. So he's probably, his mind might not be there fully. He looked like, really good at the beginning, not going to lie. Did, yeah, he did, yeah. Some, he had some brilliant shots. I, I watched the highlights of the match and he looked like, the way he was playing was incredible. But something I didn't notice was Felix looked good. Yeah. He looked really strong. Like the way he was moving around the court, it was just, it was actually beautiful to see. You can't, think, he's actually such a beautiful player. Yeah, I can't I think, explain it, but the way he moves and glides around the court is just, is really cool to see. Well, he's showing why. He he's hitting it, it was amazing. I was yeah, like, mate, I, this Felix guy is a real deal. Well, we've seen he's going to those finals already, and he's just, this could be another case for him to just move a little bit further through the tournament. Unfortunately, he's in Djokovic's end of the draw, so. He well, if he gets well, he's got through this round. Next round, he might face either Sanego or Tennis Sangren, and then he might move on to possibly be Djokovic in the next round. But th- I'd love to see it though. I'd like to see a Felix Djokovic matchup. Yeah, I think that'd be really exciting, considering how little Djokovic has been playing and how well Felix was playing at the beginning of the year as well. Well, the last and, time they played was in the final at the beginning of the year, and then Djokovic obviously come out on top of that one. Yeah, but I know. I don't but, know. Felix, you never know. He's got the ability, the guy. Big and, um Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But talking about Bashvili quickly, there's yeah. so many double faults he hit. No, he's, always, he's always got that in his game, though. That's not even like him being rusty. Him as a player, generally, he's, he's like a bit hit and miss. In terms of like, he's always, he hits a lot of unforced errors and a lot of double faults. If he was to able to eradicate that from his game, he's already like a top 30 player, isn't he? Is he not? If he was to, he has he was been. To, yeah, I think he is now still. 
he's up there for sure. 27, yeah. yeah. So. so if if he was able to eradicate the amount of unforced errors and double faults he makes in his career, this guy would be like a top 10 player because his ability is, is, is a high, he's a high-end player. But he just he just always had it. He's just always prone to mistakes. And uh, it was it's definitely telling today. In shows. All the double faults he made were on big points. So like break points, set points. He made yeah. so many on like important times. I think he lost the first set on a double fault. And then he lost, he kept losing them to double faults. And it's just like, you can't Shocking. be doing that. And the, well, and well, it just, just goes. wasteful. And it's crazy. Like these, these two players are seven ranking places apart. And the bookmakers made him like about a three or four to one underdog on Felix, mm. which is crazy considering they were that close in the rankings and yet they just don't rate him against Felix at all. That's why it's so crazy. Like that's how much Felix is like rated right now. Yeah, people are seeing the rise and they're thinking this could be the next wonder kid on the, on the tour. I think. Yeah. Agreed. But I think we're, well, we look on that side of the draw still, we can see Felix moving through could face Sangren or Sonego. They play tomorrow. We've got, uh, Obviously, the other match was just finished. Uh, Barankis has gone through against Tommy Paul, and he's now going to face Djokovic in the next round. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looked like a very close match. Tommy Paul played very. there the first set, and then it was just very close. Barankis is a really good player. He's only he's, he's quite very. a short guy, but he's a he's a very good player. Oh, and, uh, powerful. I love watching him. He, he's done well in the, in the qualifiers as well. He's been winning a few games. So. And Tommy Paul, there's a lot of uh, evident frustration there on the court. Probably were hoping he was going to do a bit better, just being at home, like in the US, mm. that type of thing. Just he's voicing his frustrations a lot on the court. And yeah. it's clear to see that he's not, he knows he can be like playing better than he was. But I think that just plays into the hands of the opponent. You start like, if he's noticing that, and it just proved at the end that was probably the difference. That mental side, Barankis just held his nerve just in those last couple of games. He like wasted a match point, uh, I think, at five four. A bit more experience as well in the situation. In the yeah, in the, for in sure. The situation he's in. Barankis has been around the houses, hasn't he? So <laughs> a bit off topic, actually. What have you made about um, the some of the stuff the players are wearing? <laughs> who who are you talking about in particular? Well, we'll start with Felix. I like Felix's outfit, man. I Felix love it. is I always uh, he's always got a pretty good get up on uh, Felix. To be fair, I have no, to it's say. inspired by what he was wearing. Is inspired by Agassi. Well, so he's going back to like the eighties. Yeah, no, it was cool. It was it was really nice. Like, there was a few of the guys wearing some cool stuff. I, I didn't mind um, uh, Tommy Pauls as well. Tommy Pauls wasn't bad. Yeah. A bit bright, but I, yeah. no, I quite liked that's, it. I think that's his style, though. He likes to have a bit of the old fluorescence on it, on him while he's playing, <laughs> just just so he can be seen. He's bigger yeah. for the night matches. Dimitrov usually wears something quite cool. Oh, mate, Dimitrov, wait, wait and see what he's wearing. Anyway, enough of fashion stuff. Let's talk about the tennis. Yeah, let's have a look down. Uh, well. We're still in that, that sort of top half of the draw. Let's just have a quick Well, you've look. got the four quarters, don't you? So you've got like Djokovic quarter, the team quarter, City Pass quarter, and got, the... Yeah, so you've got Djokovic, Goffin, Medvedev, Batista Agut, Berrettini. Oh, but no, you, if you're talking quarters. about the actual quarterfinals, yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah, we've just got, t- we got team, City Pass, 
We've Djokovic. got Djokovic and we've got Medvedev. Yeah, Medvedev. That's it. So that's yeah, <laughs> staying in that top part though, the champion where, where the, the, the champ. Djok- where Djokovic is. Yeah, well, within the Djokovic part, we obviously had a crazy result, which we have to bring up. Benoit Pair was <laughs> in his first round match. Don't know what happened. He was, <laughs> got bageled in the first set. And then he was, I saw he was 1-0 down in the second set. Yeah, he got set. broke in the second straight away. And, and then, then packed in the towel. He's like, I'm not doing it. Writing that. on the wall, wasn't it? He just Apparently was like, it was illness and he wasn't very ah, well. Ah, that old illness. The, the old, he had too many bagels illness. Yeah, I, yeah I just think sad. he just... Like, he's not really been... I, I doubt he's probably prepared very well for these tournaments. I saw on his Instagram story... I saw that. Was, um, <laughs> he was smoking. just... I saw him just lying yeah. down on the court where he was just there. They were practicing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that as well. <laughs> and then literally, like, a few days before that, he was in a seashell out with a little smoke around him. I yeah, think he's so... just been living life, to be honest. Oh, he's he's not, like, been on a holiday. We just seen him in his budgie smugglers for most of the summer. So <laughs> I don't know what, what he's really been up to. But yeah, yeah he's, he's got... a really good player, man. I just don't think it's going to probably take him a while to get going again. He's a good character for the tour, so we need need players like him on there. So, but he obviously lost to Borna Korich, and Korich now faced Goffan in the next round. So that would be quite an entertaining match, I would have thought. I think you've got Pear and... Um... What's the other guy? Jill Simon is the L of the week. They, oh, can yeah. they can share it together. The French, they can take them both back to France. <laughs> <laughs> the French the French aren't doing too well. Uh, yeah, have a quick overview. Obviously, got Medvedev's little quarter there. Um, mm. Taylor Fritz, he uh player no one's really talking about as much, but he could be one who's gradually growing as a player, obviously. He's a bit of a dark horse, for sure. Wolf, Wolf will probably be uh, backing him, I'm sure, <laughs> being the physio. Uh, yeah, he actually took out Lloyd Harris. Lloyd Harris is a solid, hardcore player, probably more on the challenger scene, but he actually destroyed him, 6-1, 6-3 in that uh, first-round yeah. match. So Fritz is just one one of those players who... I was really like, impressed, actually, that yeah, he, he was able to do it, that. It, we should have really touched on this when we were speaking about TFO, because this is somebody... Who looks like they might be fulfilling more of that potential? It's slightly oh, more. I feel than... like they polar up. Like he's a lot better. Taylor yeah. Fritz for me, just he TFO should be doing what Taylor Fritz is doing right now. Exactly. Not Taylor Fritz. He just looks like that level above. And we saw him. He got to the final, didn't he, against Nadal and um, yeah. in Mexico. I think it was Acapulco, Mexico. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah Acapulco. And uh, he lost that final. Obviously, Nadal yeah. was playing it was a, some scintillating yeah, tennis. Nadal, though, isn't it? Yeah, but it doesn't really matter. He still showed that he's able to get to these finals and do well. And yeah, he's it's a brilliant impressive. player. So it, we'll see how far he goes here. He's one to watch for sure in the tournament. Young guy still as well, like 23, I believe. So, yeah. We've not even given our tips, our, our, our selections, our picks. Well, but let's get through the rest of it. So we, we're looking, if we look down the draw a little bit, in that little Medvedev section, we've got Mackenzie McDonald, who's had a couple of cracking wins in the qualifying as well. He's now up against... Uh, Giron in uh, Marcus Giron. yeah, Marcus Giron in the, our first round that'll be playing tomorrow, and then the winner of that gets Medvedev. Yes, <laughs> you never know how Medvedev's going to be. We've not seen him play, but I wouldn't rough fancy playing Medvedev uh, in the next. Oh, round. He, he won it last year, didn't he? Exactly, the reigning champion. So yeah. he's still, uh, and well, obviously, reigning champion here, and 
US Open finalist from last year. So I don't think he's going to be that rusty on hardcore. You remember his run last year? How many finals did he get to? I think it was yeah, it's ridiculous. He had a brilliant season. Oh, so yeah, he's crazy. definitely all right. He's not someone you can write off for sure. And we'll yeah. see how he goes. But out of the four quarters for me, I yeah. feel like it sort of favours team and city pass. Their route to the final just seems a bit better than a lot of the others. So Sitter Pass, who, yeah, uh, Sitter Pass's little section there. There's some interesting players in there. I mean, that that little quarter where Sitter Pass is as well, there's still some really decent players, and you forget yeah, how Yeah, you're going to get players. that. I'm, I, I don't, I'm not disrespecting the player. You're going to get that on all the... Mate, all of these players in it are top top draw players. So yeah, yeah, anyone, sure. in theory, could potentially beat anyone because they're elite, unless it's Djokovic, and he'll end up winning. Well, if you... Uh, <laughs> Pass has a uh, big John Isner in his side, so uh, in his little quarter. So yeah. that's always a difficult one. Obviously, just as you're saying, the big servers. We'll see how John Isner gets on tomorrow. He's up against Hubert Hercaz. Yeah, but I mean more team. I'm I'm more on the team side. Oh, you're on the I team, feel like tra- this is... team train again. <laughs> I just can't. I don't, I think he's going to win this tournament. I really think oh. he's going to win it. He's had 27 games in quarantine in exhibition matches. Yeah, he's definitely which is well. He's not uh, been resting, has he? He's so he's just... not lacking match fitness, that's for nah. sure. And his draw, the way it looks for him, I just feel like it's all set up, man, for a team a team win. So I'll be sub- he's my he's my tip to win it. I, I really think he's got a really strong chance. And uh, well, it's a very good. Unless um, there's any big upsets, I can't it's a very good and it. fairly safe number two pick. But he does have a tough second round match. He up against Krajinovic, which is not an easy uh, way to start your tournament. There's some other like great match. One match which stands out from that first round, which is playing tomorrow, I'm super excited about, is uh, Dan Evans up against Andre Rublev, which this is like battle of like the sort of more shorter guys, but more flair in their game. These these two guys can really bring it to the court. And I think we're going to see some long rallies. <laughs> I think we're going to see just some crazy shots as well. Just some... Amazing good shot tennis. making. It'll be really exciting to watch. I like watching good tennis and it's going to be long rallies, grueling points. And as much as I love Dan Evans as a player as well, I just think that Rublev is going to be on a warpath now he's coming back. And I think he's like my dark horse for this tournament. And I think you want to watch out. If he manages to get past Dan Evans tomorrow in style, watch out. Because yeah. I think he's going to be the one... You don't want to be coming up against. He's in his part of the draw. When he's points got... are at stake, especially at Masters 1000, he's won someone to worry about, I feel. Oh, for sure. And he is, well, in that side of the draw, we've got Query versus Raonic. They're playing right now. So I'm not sure what the score is on that at the moment. Do you have an uh, update uh, on that? Uh, oh, so Raonic is leading, but uh, West one set up, but... Uh, where uh, query is a break up in the second, so pretty even. So yeah, but if he, if they get through that, then Rublev will be against the winner of that, or Dan Evans will be against the winner of that, and then you've got Zverev Murray, and then the winner of that will play them. So you've got an interesting, and then obviously in that side of the draw, you've got the Dominic team effects down the bottom. So you could see potentially a quarterfinal or Rublev. Team quarterfinal, maybe, or a Zverev so, team, or Murray that, team. Is it fair to say Rublev is your pick to win the tournament? That's real. That's really like because he's not really like one of the top dogs. But I, 
I'm just oh, being really. I want to do it. I want. I want to. I want to. I'm just going to throw it out there, just because I think it's just he's really impressed me, and he's one of the players who's actually beaten Dominic team in this preseason as well. Mm. I'm just. I just hope that he starts the tournament well, because <laughs> if he doesn't, then I've just cursed another old player just to go on and just fail. But, you want to do a dark horse one, like an outsider? Well, well, I think he is the outsider, but I just wanted he's not to... not really, though. Rublev isn't an outsider. I don't he's think not, he's number like ten. Felix, I could. T- I, I yeah, would probably have I mean. Felix from outsider, but I don't think he is an outsider. Well, in in reality, if I was going to pick like an actual like one of the because you've really got like the top three or four players, haven't you? You've got like who do you think is going to win? Really, Djokovic, Medvedev, team are probably the top three. Who you think and Tsitsipas? Uh, yeah, yeah, top four. Those are the top four you think could really go all the way. Mm. I mean, from what I've watched in the previous. Thing, but then again, Berrettini. <laughs> He's looked really good as give well. Give us a name, Ben. Come on, give us a name. No, man, I'm just going to go. Sod it. I'll go Rublev. There you go. I'm just going to throw a name in the hat. Rublev. Andrei Rublev. I'm just He hasn't even... I've I've got one less round. I've got one more round to worry about than you. Your guy's already got a buy through that round. My guy's not even played yet. So I hope... Yeah, quite a safe Even one, though yeah. I'm going against the GB, which I'm sorry, Dan Evans. I just want... I'm just excited to see what Rublev can bring to the table. And we completely disregarded Andy Murray's win as if he's not going to do anything now. But the one one thing I did want to point out as well, that we haven't spoken about, that's going to be coming from the first round tomorrow. Obviously, Opelka won his match. One of the other matches I'm super excited about from this first round, Kasper Ruud, Diego Schwartzman. These mm. are two players that you love, like two yeah. of your favourites. Yeah, and they are. This could set up the potential match of the uh, of that second round. I think it's hard though. It doesn't really excite me so much because no, but come on, like, we, it'd be better if it was a clay court match. The spectacle we could have and Schwartzman on clay is a lot more exciting know, than him on hard. Yeah, but we could have the spectacle in the next round, which will be Riley Opelka versus Diego Schwartzman, <laughs> which we, everybody wants to see. Six foot 11 versus five foot four or something, isn't it? I think <laughs> so. Oh, no. the, the smallest player on tour versus the biggest player on tour. <laughs> this is going to be one for the photo opportunities. So it's going to be, it's going to be like, what wasn't it? Uh, Nishioka when he played him, that was, he was still about five foot seven yeah, though. He's quite this short, is, isn't it? Schwartzman's going down another notch, but he's higher in the rankings. Uh, that's going to be an exciting match, though. I love to love both those players, so can't wait mm. to see who comes out on top in that one. I think uh, Riley probably is the favourite. Yeah, uh, but we don't know about Rude and Schwartzman. I'm excited about that match. I think Schwartzman will probably take it, but I think Rude match. would fare better against the Pelka, but I think Schwartzman will beat Rude. So, yeah, I think so too. But other than that, there's a Looking through the other matches, the only other ones we probably haven't touched on was another amazing match. Grigor Dimitrov, we haven't mentioned him. He's come back from the coronavirus and playing a hard first round match. Ugo Homber. Mm. That's a real tough one to start you off. Don't really fancy that as your first first round match. Uh, but yeah, it could be. But the I French think, haven't been playing. Be all right. I think he'll come through that. Yeah, if the French is anything to go by on these first rounds, <laughs> I think he'll be bageled twice and going on but yeah we've spoken about the ATP for quite a substantial amount let's just hope uh, all of those players 
playing tomorrow. Have great matches, and then we can report back to you later uh, next week. Mm. Uh, let's have a look at the WTA, though. WTA Cincinnati is obviously, we've got a match playing at the moment, actually. Venus Williams is up against Yastrem. Is she winning that one? Yes, yeah, she is. She's a set up against uh, 7-5 in the first. Ah, interesting. So Yeah, she was underdog to a thing, but I, I did fancy um, Venus. She's Yeah, she played well in uh, the last tournament up against Serena as well. I was quite impressed with her. I think Serena's just got that more experience in the at the bigger stages, I think. Like, she's done it that many times over and over and over. That's just just in her DNA. I yeah. think. Well, I th- well, let's start. Let's start with this tournament, though. Yeah, 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 for sure. Rybakina, she was a person before the <laughs> tournament favorite. started. I really, well, I love her. I think she's a brilliant player. She started she the year so strong as well. She won quite a few uh, matches at the beginning of twenty twenty. She come up against a very tough Russian, Alex Androva, and unfortunately, she's gone out first round. Yeah, shame. Straight sets. She had a few opportunities as well because I watched the match and I was quite excited to see her. And uh, the second uh, second set, she was up five two in the tie break and just couldn't hold on and just ended up losing it eight six and getting yeah. knocked out. So it's disappointing because I feel like she could have done well in this tournament. But yeah, for sure. On to another year, or maybe U.S. Open. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, have a look through so just to a few little picks. I mean, obviously the one we've got to bring up. It was quite an exciting first round match, which was Coco Goff was up against uh, Sakari. Maria Sakari, and, uh, well, she's battered her, pretty much. Well, it was their that. first ever meeting. I thought Coco could do her. No, I wasn't. Maria was on some good form, and she played some really good tennis. I wasn't feeling Coco Goff in this one. Like, Sakari is, like, a bit of a, like, she's got so much fight in her. She's quite an aggressive player. She and is I think, aggressive, yeah. I think with Coco, as it showed against Jen Brady in the, in the last tournament, yeah, I'm not sure she can handle that yet. Like someone with that much firepower who really goes at her. I think she's really good and solid, like fundamentals. But when someone really goes at her, I don't think she's got like the firepower yet to go. And Sakari, 6 1, 6 3, like, yeah. t- like cleaned up pretty quick. Uh, yeah, uh, other ones in the draw there, we've got like at the top of the top half of the draw, we've got Karolina Pliskova. She's uh, going to be up against uh, Kudamentova in the next round. We've got at the bottom half Sophia Kennan. She's going to be up against Elise Cornet in her first match in the tournament. Other players, obviously Serena Williams is in there. She could be setting herself up with a match against uh, Sakari if they both get through their next matches. Uh, Sakari could be and, up against. Uh, and with that, I think that's going to be a really tough match if they do play each other. I don't think it's going to yeah. be that straightforward for Serena to be beating Maria Sakari. Obviously, she's no. in brilliant form. Sakari just beating, she's high on confidence too. And I think that's going to be a close match. I'm not sure which way it'll go. But one player, we all, well, I know it's like the curse of winning a tournament, but one player you should still look out for, Jen Brady's back in this tournament as well. And she's won the last one. Don't rule her out because no, she sure. she could quite she could quite easily she was smashing the ball in that last tournament and hitting winners after winners and I think even Jill Teichman as well don't rule her mm. out she got yeah. to the final I think those keep an eye on both of those players because I think they could both go very far in this I think for me personally Brady and Kenyon are the ones I'm looking at uh, I mm. think 
I think Henning. them two are, so the, are, the, are the yeah. I think they're the real strong ones. It's going to be tricky to see either of them not win it. But obviously, there's loads of good players there. Serena, you can't really rule her out. Sabalenka, there's loads of other ones. Yeah, well. Sabalenka, Osaka. Don't forget her, the highest paid female athlete in the world. Don't forget. Yeah. So she's there's in there. More disappointment for British tennis. Heather Watson. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Joe Conter not Honestly. having to play yet, so we haven't got to have that disappointment just yet. I'll be honest. It's... <laughs> British tennis isn't actually in... As much as people want to say it's doing really well, it's not really in the best of places, especially no. the women's tour, more so than the men's. You've got Joanna Conter and Heather Watson. Yeah. Uh, and... Neither of them are that impressive, to be honest. Heather Watson, she had a flurry, didn't she, where she played well in Acapulco. Yeah, yeah. She was doing really well there. She won a tournament, didn't she? Last year, you had Wimbledon, you had um, uh, Conta doing really well at that. She was playing some good tennis in the the slams, in all of the slams, really, last year. But even then, I'm just not that impressed. The way they've come back, the exhibition tennis, granted, there's just not been that. There's been quite poor, to be honest. They don't fill you with that, like confidence do they they don't have that one big weapon that you just like they're renowned for just think oh yeah they've got that like power yeah. game where they're finishing players they, they're, they're like the sort of more just percentage and just more strategy based but if they come up against like we saw with on wasn't it Ons Jabur she came up yeah. against like Joe Conto and you just see like a player like Ons Jabur playing there it's just a just wipe, class. Yeah, just wipe her off the court with just power. And I just think that it's always going to be like that against players with power who are that yeah. consistent. It's a shame because Heather Watson, like she looked like she was coming back to some good form. Yeah. 2019, she was winning quite a few matches. In 2020, even the start of that, she looked quite strong. Yeah, she looked like she was going to Maybe she, Maybe she can refine that. I don't want to rule her off too soon, but Hopefully. the way she's played in the last few matches has just been a bit, a bit, a bit flat. That's probably the best way to describe it. Both of them look flat and just not really that exciting. It's not really... It's a bit disappointing, disappointing really, for British tennis to see them play in, the, in that manner. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, do you have any... So your pick on that one, probably Kenin. Yeah, but it's a bit boring, isn't it, for me to say that? A little bit. <laughs> but, but it is Kenin. I feel like... I think Kenin's going to do... I think Kenin's going to win it, yeah. I do think uh, Kenin will win it. It's a really tough one to uh, pick. I was going to, I, I forgot about, for some reason, I forgot about Jen Brady. I was going to say Teichman, but she had to qualify to get in this. How crazy is that? She, yeah, I don't think Teichman's <laughs> going to win it. No, I, I don't she think had a good so. tournament before, but you know how it goes. Usually when you have a good tournament before, you never really follow that through. No, time. exactly. That's why I was looking at some of the other ones who were actually in there. And there's, some, there's a really good first round match there, which is Leila Fernandez, who's obviously the mm. youngster, and she's up against Ons Jabur in that first round, which is such a great match. And oh, that is a big match, yeah. Yeah, I and think she's that... only young. This Leila Fernandez, 19 years old, been in incredible form, really yeah. good player, come through the qualifiers in, in, in quite with, with ease, really. Yeah, and she's one to watch. The Canadian, I know, over at the Canadian Tennis Podcast, they they always talk really highly of her. Yeah, for sure. And they're saying how she's one for the future. And, she is a really exciting young prospect, so I don't. I wouldn't rule her out against Ons Jabeur as good as she as as good as and, and powerful as Ons is. That'll be a very close, uh, closely contested match. Yeah, for sure. And whoever wins it has a good chance of progressing to the tournament. Um, yeah, I I think so. Uh, they'd be up against Madison Keys if they go through that. Uh, but so your tip? 
<laughs> my tip uh i mean it's so hard to pick i mean it's even harder than in the men's draw in the women's one it could literally be any of these people in this draw yeah well, that makes and, it more that makes it more exciting because if you do pick it out like you did in the australian open you went for kenyan and that was a bit of an outside pick like no one yeah, really yeah. saw that coming and it makes you look like a a genius yeah, like, like some, yeah exactly i'm well, just copying you last time man I'm going with <laughs> now. why not mate sounds like a good plan uh well it's really tough to say i mean the obvious choice would be someone like jen brady just because of her form yeah. but it's just hard to say because none of those big dogs were in that last tournament well only serena and stuff but she hasn't had to play like the who's who of soccer you yeah, go for a soccer. I would like, but I haven't seen her play. This is the problem with all of this. I haven't seen any of them play any tennis. Yeah, but mate, you've seen enough of a soccer over the years. You know what level she's. She's not going to just lose all of that. <laughs> you've seen the soccer, and some of her matches have been bageled by some people in the like before this uh, <laughs> pandemic started. So I, I, she's one of those ones. She's a bit hot and cold. Uh, I, yeah, I'd probably. Oh, I oh wanna... Brady, man! You want Brady? I don't know. I think I was pref- I was like swaying towards someone like that, but yeah, throw Brady on. See if she can do a double. See if she can shock the world. See if she can become one of the the big names on the women's tour. Go on, Jim Brady, do it again. <laughs> yeah, let's move away from WTA Cincinnati. All of our female fans, sorry to disappoint you. All two percent of you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so oh, yeah. Uh, we only have we looked at the analytics, didn't we? And literally <laughs> 95% of the people who watch this podcast are men, 98, I think, but yeah, still. Oh, is it 98? Yeah, oh, but you never know, you never know. We're not really eye candy, though, are we, Ben? Mate, we're trying our best, we're trying our best. It's a pandemic, <laughs> haven't had a haircut in six months. <laughs> I'm wearing a hat. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. let's move on to uh, the challengers anyway. We obviously had the big news, which was Stan Wawrinka playing in a challenger for the first time in about, what was it, about 13 years or something yeah, crazy like that. Time. And he didn't really yeah. disappoint. It seemed like he was putting on a bit of a show. That's what I was thinking, feeling. He seemed to be losing a set every time he was playing. But I thought he was giving a, getting a tough match, though, from a lot of mm. the players. And... It was good to see that the challenger level is still pretty high if players are taking a set off Stan Wawrinka. I think you've got to look at who Stan Wawrinka is as a player. He's been nicknamed Diesel for a reason in terms of it takes a while to get him going. <laughs> <laughs> like for him, he's someone, he's always, he's always a bit slow to get into a game. When he finds his feet into a game, he's, un, he's at times unplayable. Um, he was. Do you see him against Summit Nagal? He started, and Summit Nagal took the first set. I think it was six-two, and then it was almost like someone flicked a switch, and then he won. I think it was six-six love six-one. These were one. up, mate, and he was ready. I th- N- Nagal thought probably thought, what, have, what am I doing wrong now? <laughs> he couldn't even get a get a point. Couldn't buy Maybe a game. Oh, mate, he wasn't in that game, I tell you. He's literally, like, got blitzed by uh, Vavrinka. But, yeah, yeah it's credit to Vavrinka, though. He, uh, he lost he the was... first set in all of the matches, aside from the final. I think it was... The... Then he played against Vabrinsky, I think it was, in the... I think it was in the semi-final. Yeah, a really exciting player, by the way. 19-year-old yeah. Czech Very player. Very good. In brilliant form, beating a lot of good players. And he's someone who's rising through the rankings fast. 
I think he's only like 300 for the moment, maybe 400, but he's, he's, he's someone to watch out for. Uh, it's, I won't. I wouldn't be surprised in a few years if we see him on the on the like the main stage of the ATP. No, and it, I thought it was really good though. The one of the like real positive things about someone with his uh, well aura, like someone like Stan Wawrinka, obviously three time Grand Slam winner, going back to a challenger, is does it puts all the eyes and you get to like on this tournament and you get to see all of these other players and see how good they really are. Cause look, they're playing against somebody who's grand slam champion and taking sets off him is pretty impressive feat for someone like this young kid, like Babrinsky as well. I'm really glad you said it because it's a bit controversial actually, this whole thing. And there's a <laughs> lot going on about whether they feel that Stan Ravrenka should be allowed to play in a challenger. Is it Why? actually fair for Stan to be playing, dropping down to a challenger, a top 20 player, dropping down to a challenger, playing against people in theory you should be beating quite comfortably and taking it from someone who relies heavily on these tournaments and then points and that prize money to get through their career? He's taking that opportunity away from them because if, at the end of the day, it's going to be very tricky for them to be able to win it. And a, a prime example of that is that Aslan Karatsov, Karasov, yeah. Sorry, Karatsov, Karasov. Yeah. Sorry about the pronunciation. I wasn't not great yeah. at it. But that guy, he was the Russian guy. He got to the final in brilliant form and beating some amazing players. Not dropped a set in like five matches. And that's what I'm saying. So nine times out of ten, probably 99 times out of 100, he would have won that event. Regardless of it, one of the challenger players, probably 200 from the world, 100 and something in the world, he would have won that event. The form he was in, the way he was playing, he would have definitely won that event. The only time, the only reason he didn't win it is because Stan Wawrinka is in it. So it's a shame for him, isn't it? If you look at it in a way, not necessarily. He's kind of, he's kind of been, he's lost the opportunity of winning a tournament because of some freak situation. What has not happened since two thousand and five? When yeah, but... who is it? What's the, what's the guy's name? Who? The guy in two thousand and five who dropped down to the challenger. Oh, Lubicic. Yeah, when he dro- dropped down, <laughs> I did know it, but I didn't want to say it. <laughs> yeah, another dodgy pronunciation. <laughs> when, when he dropped down and he won the tournament. So that's what I'm saying. It's, you can look at it two ways. You can say it's good because it brings eyes on the tournament. Oh, I think Obviously, it's... it was brilliant that people get to play against someone like Stan Wawrinka. They're never really going to get the opportunity, well, not for many years until they progress onto the main, main draw. But you can look at it another way that someone's just been taken of an opportunity and also, there's one less place for someone lower ranked who could have had a chance to get into the tournament and prove himself. Because he's taken the spot of someone who would have potentially wanted to be in that tournament. Yeah. Who deserves to be in that tournament and who can't actually... He, they've, they've not got the luxury like Stan Wawrinka to be going, oh, you know what, I might play the US Open next week. They yeah, can't do that. That's I'm, what I'm saying. So it is a bit unfair in terms of... The only time I feel like you can have a reasonable justification as to a top 20 player dropping down to a tournament like that is if they've come back from a serious injury like Andy Murray did and they're sort of progressing and trying to get back on tour. But this is not the case with Stan Ravrenko, which is the case he's had a few months off. He's still not got an injury. He's just trying to warm up for the French Open. So you can have an... I, I see it both sides. I'm not, I'm not on, the, on the side that I don't think Stan should be on there. <laughs> Sounds I see like it you are. on both sides. <laughs> but I can see the side of the fact that it's not fair for the challenge. And we're someone on this... On this we're huge advocates of... Um, yeah, but challenger tour and support these think, players who, who, who need this, who yeah, need but, the help. Stan going down there's not helped them. But do you not think, in a way, it does sort of help them because if if he wasn't there, 
Who who would even? There's another challenger going on in Prague right now that started as soon as the other one was finishing. It's called the Prague Challenger Two. Yeah, I haven't heard anybody talk about this challenger because Stan Wawrinka's not even in it, and no one's even talking about the second challenger. I've been following that as closely. Yeah, as I've been. I have. But it's not been being made as public, and there's not seen the headlines from it because the high-profile players aren't in it. But if okay, you have somebody so like that, what's more important, the headlines of it, or someone literally losing out on their prize money? And no, but I'm saying the eyes on those players playing in that tournament. There's some players who might be like 200 in the world. No one's been watching them play, and they've never had anybody watching them play. Now they've suddenly got hundreds of thousands of people maybe around the world watching them play because they're playing the same tournament as Stan Wawrinka. And, okay, and, what would you, and what would you rather have if you was a player, people watching you or 20 grand? Well, it might turn into more because people might become a that fan of them. Thing. Would you want the prize money or would you want people just to be watching you and say, oh, look, I've seen you on telly. No, you but get they a text might... that night, oh, look, I saw you playing Stan Wawrinka. Yeah, so, that was might... good, you just... You did really well the first set. Oh, what happened after that? Oh, Stan just turned Might, might have gained like 5,000 Instagram followers from that. Might have gained another 20,000 Twitter followers. You don't know. It's all like, it's all relative in today's like popularity and becoming like a name in a sport. Look, you see how popular people are on social media equates to their success. You could be like, you could I know be what you're saying, but it wasn't that much in the spotlight. It wasn't being broadcast on TV. It's only because it was in the spotlight because you know what was happening. But it wasn't actually. I don't think it got that many more views than say the, the other challenger. I don't think. I don't think the proportions as big as what you're making out mm. it to be. It's only seemed so big to you because you know who Stan Wawrinka is. There's quite a lot of people watching it in the stands. <laughs> yeah, the stands were packed. <laughs> yeah, no, the stands. Good stands, The stands were packed for Stan. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm happy for him because I, I love Stan and um, he's a brilliant player, but I just don't think it should, there should be, I feel like there should be a measure maybe in place for players not to be permitted to go to tournaments. Like that, like top that 50 can't or? Well, I just think it's not fair. That's what I'm saying. Because they've not got, they've got the privilege and to go down to think, and he's, well, he's now moved up in the rankings. So he's now 15th in the, in the world after that, after that success. Nice. Um, I heard he's playing an ITF next week. <laughs> 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 Mate, I'll be there with my pitchfork. He's, he's there in the futures in a few weeks. So. <laughs> playing I college. Nadal. Imagine Nadal in the ITF or something like that. It's just, <laughs> Mate, it's just silly, isn't it? Come on, it's just he's playing playing college tennis next week <laughs> with a few players. Yeah. Anyway, let us know, guys, in the comment. What do you think? Do you think it's good for Stan to be playing in these tournaments, or are you more siding with me? <laughs> well, you said you weren't on either side. No, um, you, no, t- the thing no is, you are. Yeah, no. I, okay, I'm more on the side that I don't think you should be playing, but I see both sides of it. I can understand what you're saying as well. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not that passionately saying that he shouldn't be there, but I do feel sorry for like, players who really need it, especially in times like this as well. We're in tough times, man. And at the end of the day, someone who would have entered for that tournament didn't get the opportunity because Stan decided that he wants to play it there. And and not just that, also the fact that the the the, the, the finalist Aslan Karatsev Karatsev he yep. was and he, at the end of the day he missed out on more prize money yeah yeah points. for sure when and he, he was when playing he, very, he was entitled to that because I feel like God he could have still lost to someone else just in the form of his life mate but he's been playing some ridiculously good tennis and even against Stan I think he he had a set point in the first set. 
So yeah. it, 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 some it, of these players get though, blown away by Stan. I know as as the sets went on, the set, you might, set he kind yeah, of but, did a little bit, but I, I think it just the occasion kind of got to him a bit. Yeah, but you, it would do. But in that is one of might be one of the matches where he looks back in like twenty years and goes, ah. Oh, when I played that final against Stan Wawrinka, like you might not ever get the chance to play someone. Like you never know how his career that might be one of his career highlights. He playing Stan Wawrinka in front of like quite a lot of people in that stand. Yeah, but I've got a bit of a different attitude to you, Ben, with this. I don't think you can have a highlight if you lose. Uh, well, would a, hi- a highlight for me, yeah. Like, no, no, here we go. Like... We're not going to go on to this topic no, 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 today. You've got like a highlight is only a highlight if you win. We've spoken enough about uh, Stan Wawrinka. It feels like it's becoming the Stan Wawrinka channel. We could have like, got a podcast on Stan. No, let's... Uh, let's uh, like, oh, well, it's match point over in Cincinnati at the moment. Milos Raonic for three match points now. He's just turned that second set around. Looks big like servers, Ben. What did I say? The big servers well, are going to Query. <laughs> Sam Query is a pretty big server as well. Yeah, but Raonic, I don't know. He's good. Oh, no, Raonic is consistently big. Oh, and there you go. He's taking it. Six four six four. That sounds like a Round proper round six four six four. The roundage score. That's what he loves us. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> didn't he, win? he didn't drop a set for the first like three three round or four rounds in the Australian Open, does it? Yeah. Until he met Djokovic and then just lost in straight sets. Anyway, come on, man. Let's wrap this up because it's almost mid- it's midnight now. So let's what? get to the final last little bit. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, yeah. There was just, what about the Toddy Challenger? Do you want to? Yeah, we have a quick mention of that. There's some exciting young players there. We had Mosetti yeah. there. We had Zepieri. Ah. Yeah. Didn't quite cut it, to be fair. A bit disappointing. Obviously, they've got bags of potential on clay, but there was a few more yep. experienced players who we've seen there who've done really well. Notably, Yannick Kampfman. He's yeah. come for against some good opponents. He beat, um, Massetti in a, in a very very closely fought match, but then good match that as well. Yeah, that. the third set he just was too much for him. Um, yeah, it's a shame. There's been some good tennis. I've, I've enjoyed some of it though, too. Fair. It? But it looks like now we've got the final tomorrow of Hampman versus someone else we've not really Sa- mentioned much. Yeah. Sabata Morales. Yeah, well, he's sort of been the standout person of the whole yeah. tournament, I think, and just shocked. Bit of a surprise, but when he. He just destroyed Cabayas Boehner like two mm. noon. I watched the match and I don't know what Boehner was doing in that match. He just was terrible. Didn't look good like himself at all. And he was but he had like some the... good form, Boehner, coming into it. I think he won yeah. a few matches. So I was a bit surprised to see him sort of the way lose so happened. comfortably. Yeah, it was an awful match for him. I don't know what happened. He just looked frustrated mm. the whole match. And Sebastian Morales has just been playing really well since then. He beat Huang in the uh, semifinals, the French yep. player. Uh yeah, comfortably. So and then we're just uh now against Hampfman, Yannick, who's always always pretty solid on those clay court challenges. Yeah, talking about Han- Juan quickly, he did he had a good match against uh Gaia, Federico yeah, yeah. Gaia. Yeah he did. Um Gaia was favourite for that match, just I think. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised he came out on top. I thought Gaia would have done that. Gaio was my guy who I thought would would have won the tournament, funny enough. He's a safe he, pick. he started off a bit shaky even from the first match he was down a set and just sort of clawed it back. Uh, maybe it's going to take a while to sort of get going again. Are um, you back in now for that final? Uh, looking at the final, I, I think Hampton will take it. <laughs> going, this is the problem. Like, everyone but he can't really go against Sabaton. He's been in brilliant form. He's been beating. He's been underdog in basically every match yeah. he's played so far and he's won, so... 
Yeah, don't write him he's, off. He's going to be again. underdog again. I'm assuming. Right? I'm going to back. I'm backing him. I think I kept on writing him off, but that's that's what will happen. I'll back him now, and he'll lose. So that's just the <laughs> classic curse that I'll put on him. Sorry if for Sabata Morales, the uh, but hopefully he does well in that final. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, one more thing. <laughs> Did you want to touch on? Uh, I heard some rumours that were flying around about uh, Zverev in this ATP Cincinnati. Uh, didn't there something going on in his camp, which was a little bit uh, well, dodgy? Well, apparently, this is only uh, rumours currently right now, that his dad's been tested positive for coronavirus. He, we know that it's Zverev's dad, so we know that they're, in a lot of times, in quite close proximity. So... I don't know what that now means for Zverev and whether he's going to be able to continue on, this, in the, on the tour. I doubt he will be able to. Well, I'm, I'm assuming they'll just get tested. If it's a negative test, they'll just they'll allow him to play. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll go from there. Another guy, talking about testing, Kane Shikore. Yeah. He's had a second oh, yeah. test now and he's tested positive again. It's mad, isn't it? So, no, what, so the US bad. Open started in 10 days. I'm not sure what's going to happen there. It's, it's looking like he's not going to be able to play in it, to be honest, because surely you can't just have a positive test a few days before and then tell you're allowed to play now. So it looks like he could be another casualty to be dropped out of the tournament. It's really sad, that. Yeah. It's a great it player. Is sad, yeah. But then we're not, not back to Zverev. I'm not sure what's happening. Not even sure if it's real that his dad has got coronavirus. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so that's, not, that's not an exclusive. It, we're speculating a lot, but it does seem there's quite a reliable source who's come out and said that he has... Um, been tested positive so we'll see what happens with that see what happens with Sverev and yeah we'll see what happens with all the tennis coming up it's going to be exciting stuff I'm going to be watching it all have you got any big three facts this week (laughs) (laughs) no I don't have a big three facts we've had a bit of a long (laughs) podcast so maybe I'm going to get some sleep and then we're going to do another we're going to do a big three facts on the next one because we'll do another podcast in a few days yeah yeah we'll have a few more recent like um We'll have a lot more frequent podcasts coming out now because there's so much tennis to talk about. And, um, and it saves we... me having to listen to Ben on my own. You can have to enjoy it too. And don't forget, you got got like, the uh, US Open, which is going to be coming up. So we're going to be throwing out a ton of content during the US Open. We're going to be probably staying up late, watching the matches, yeah. getting some early reactions out for everybody. And yeah, hopefully get the news that... Game to Love News, trying to ping out a load of those yeah. uh, on a, either daily or every couple of days just so that everybody's kept up to date with all the latest uh, tennis news. So, yeah, yeah, it's exciting And then stuff. with regards to Cincinnati, the final, we may even live stream it, but we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was going to say one more, like, just small little fact uh, I was just going to touch on. I know that you had touched on on one of the previous podcasts that you're saying like without the crowd you just didn't really agree with it mm. and when I was watching tonight it was the first inkling where I actually started to maybe agree with you it was a bit weird <laughs> watching the Murray match I don't know it was a little bit strange but it it's might change the, mate it's no no it's not the same it isn't the same for sure it, it might in get fact ha- I don't think I'll ever be saying this either but I think they need some fake crowd noises. I was thinking, I was going to say that. When you said that, I literally slandered you. I was like, that's so pathetic. That's stupid. I, literally, I was watching it today, the Murray one specifically, and it was just so dry. I was like, I think we need something going on. 
That's I why was, when I saw that man walk across, I was like, yes, a bit of excitement. I was thinking like we could do like a live stream and then we could provide the crowd noises for people. <laughs> well, like a little DJ day. Yeah, that's it. Like little little buttons we can push if there's a good shot. Big crowd cheer. Yeah, you never know. Or a big, ooh, if it's just like a close one. Or, if you get, or the challenge. you got to have one for the challenge or the crowd clapping along for the challenge. Oh, mate. Well, anyway, gonna... we'll see. We'll yeah. see how it goes. I'll leave it there, anyway, now. Thanks for listening, guys. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll see you on the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.